Um, not that I have nothing left to say or offer, but that the platform I've had to convey my experience might not be useful anymore to me or anyone. <laughs> yeah. Um, here I am. I am scared that we're fucked. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> I'm frightened of the end of the order that I grew up with. A set of weights in a storage space A microwave and some roller skates Sister prescription and a catalog Love keeps on trying Yo, it is wonderful to be back hosting the Wanderer Wolf podcast I am your host, Yoni Wolf uh, back again, and I do want to apologize for the lengthy delay uh, in bringing you podcasts. Uh, I, you know, there are several reasons why uh, the gap, one of which is work busyness. That's the one that feels most honorable, having grown up in the capitalist society I have steeped in work and economic mores that sort of goes into the talk that I am about to have with Andrew Broder. Oh boy, the polar vortex is pretty much subdued, right? It it has retreated uh, back to the South Pole or the North Pole. I'm not sure uh, where it came from, but uh, I assume it has sort of locked itself in some kind of polar Pandora's box where the pressure and energy are much like the exact opposite of, say, a black hole or a neutron star. Um, it's, it's a cold energy that has nowhere to go, and the pressure is mounting. Um, well, well, we'll see from that polar vortex again next year, hopefully, right? Uh, well... We are creeping, crawling uh, on our hands and knees through glass into springtime, slowly, but possibly and surely. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I've had, you know, I've had some, some, some difficulties in the wintertime with the darkness. It doesn't help me. And plus, I have been tapering off of my brain medication and SSRI. Don't go out there and say, oh, Yoni got off his SSR, I got to get off of mine. Well, that's not, no. Everybody's different. Everybody has different brain chemistry. I don't know. It's, it's been difficult, but it hasn't been that difficult. You know, people talk about uh, brain zaps and more and things that I have not experienced. So I've just been super fatigued and depressed, pretty much. Those are the symptoms. But you know what? I've pulled out of that some. 
in the beginning when I started weaning off of that, I just didn't feel right. And there were other circumstances in my life. I said, okay, I need to start going to a therapist again. And I did. I found a therapist. But after like the third visit, um, and this is this past Friday, you know, we both agreed that maybe talk therapy is not the thing for me or or I, I that's what i felt he put it like you seem pretty fine okay well maybe so i don't feel that way it's all relative you know i think you know he was someone that came through medicaid so i i feel like you know his job is sort of like more dire cases like you know if someone is is you know set to sort of harm themselves or other people or something like that, you know he's there to intervene, but he's not necessarily uh, looking to sort of tease out the relatively benign but dark nuances of a very sensitive person's mind. He is there for triage uh, for emergency situations. That's my impression. That said, this is the fourth psychologist who has sent me away. Um, you know, they're, they're all very nice about it, except the one who I had to leave because uh, I was sexually harassed. But that is a whole nother tale, which we will not go into right now. But, uh, yeah, they say, oh, well, you seem relatively adjusted almost like you know oh you'll figure your shit out perhaps perhaps i will i just feel like you know so many missing puzzle pieces there in the approach to sort of feeling free and easy you know which is what i want in my life i think that's what most people want now that is a very very individualistic selfish type of idea in and of itself but we are in the times of the selfies and the selfishnesses. So I guess it's no surprise that even I, who considers himself thoughtful and aware, I even desire to feel free and easy. But that, that in and of itself is a major privilege. You know, I think there are many, many people who have crawled out of the clay of the planet and just are here to survive and have offspring and move forward that way. And when I say people, I mean also bacteria and plants and mammals and everything, you know? I mean, I, I yeah, so, I mean, for me to sit here and say, I don't feel right, and this doesn't feel right, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, is uh, a bit of a, a modern problem, of course. But, you know, this is the era that uh, I was birthed unto and so you know it is what it is none of these psychologists have scratched the surface of me okay because i'm good i'm i can fucking dance around uh verbally and uh sort of i don't know i i, I have this desire to please them and so i want to come off as sort of having some understanding over my mental state so I sort of explain everything through that lens as opposed to just, you know, I always had these plans of coming in and just being like, Bleh! you know, I'll just tell you, like, here's all the shit that I've never told anyone. But I didn't do that. I, had, I was planning on doing it one time 
uh, with my new therapist, I was like, okay, I was driving up. I was like, I'm gonna tell him this, 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 and this, uh, even if it makes me look like a total asshole and bad person. And, 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 and then when I got there, he's like, okay, we gotta fill out all this paperwork for, for the uh, insurance people. I'm like, ugh. So I, I, it, the moment was gone. Anyway, that's enough about me and my, my race to feel free and easy, okay? Uh, if you like this podcast, if you dig it, if you've been listening for a little while, or if you just started listening and you want to hear more, uh, go on over to patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf and become a patron, become a matron, become a vatron, however you roll. Give a little something so that we may continue doing this. Patreon.com slash TheWanderingWolf and those $5 and up patrons become my executive producers. And as you know, if you've heard this before, I will read off your names at the end of the episode. Goody, goody, goody. Okay, my guest today, Andrew Broder. Fog, if you don't know who this is, if you know who I am musically, and you don't know who Andrew is, you've never heard his music, you missed some, some crucial information, um, get your highlighters out and have them poised and ready because you need to go into his catalog and explore, okay? Because he is a force of nature and he does all kinds of different music and visual art and is a major talent in everything he does as well as has a wonderful family, and is a great friend of mine. Fog, check it out. The newest album came out in 2016 for good. I was pulling music from it for this podcast. I hadn't heard it in some time, and it is just awesome. I think I've overstayed my welcome, so let's go straight into this talk with my good friend, Andrew Broder. So when you say end of the world, as it pertains to this series mm-hmm. that you do every January, um, is that just for this particular January? This is for, like the theme for this January? The theme, yes, it's the theme for this January is the end of the world. The residency is called Andrew Broder and People, a residency at the end of the world. So what, what does that mean? So end of the world meaning, and then you have these four themes that in your mind you would like to see end is that part of like um, end, more end of more more that we kind of um in talking about the end of the world as sort of this big monolithic scary ass concept we arrived at this idea of the four you know we, we started talking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse so these are the new four horsemen of the apocalypse which is capitalism patriarchy technology and celebrity and the idea being that these four forces are converging upon all of us uh, societally in such a way as to bring about a feeling like it's the end of everything we know. KMS. KMS? Kill myself. <laughs> like, it, it's this type of shit that makes you want to die. Like just this. Well, it can it can mean that it can definitely mean that, and it can make you feel that way. But it could also be uh, it doesn't have to be a KMS. It can be um, it can be inspiring. It can be like 
renewal, you know, like, yes, okay, it's the end of something. It's the end of the patriarchy. It's the end of capitalism. We've reached the end of those things because those things we are all collectively or a lot of us collectively have kind of realized and woken up to the fact that those systems are no longer working. Those systems are very broken, you know, and, um, and that celebrity culture and technology are sort of, um, the engines that drive, you know, the, uh, uh, capitalistic society and that, you know, the patriarchal structures that, uh, keep certain people empowered and other people disenfranchised, you know, all these things work together, you know, like seamlessly. And so like thinking of them as sort of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse has kind of helped us carve out a little bit of like what we want to try to talk about in the series. But this is all really huge shit, obviously. So we can only really like touch on it in ways that are sometimes not super direct, but still will kind of make you consider it, you know? Well, so... Okay, I see how the patriarchy is, I mean, very, very slowly, but coming to an end in some ways. I mean, we, we've, we at least... We don't know that it's coming to we an don't end, but the, but, the, but the idea that it should yeah, is, out is much more prevalent Definitely. right now than it was even, however, five but years But capitalism, ago. I mean, that's alive and well. Like, I mean, what... Sure, it's like, very much alive and well, but it's also point blank every day being demonstrated in everybody's face that it's not working. Yeah. Just with what disparity and just like disparity, what disparity. But that's yeah. been age old. That's age old. That's age old, but but in but in this particular point in I guess maybe I'm talking specifically about America. Um you know, when I say this, although it could ap- apply to us, you know, European countries too or whatever, but like disparity uh there's more attention being brought to it now because of a greater access to information. And there's also environmental catastrophe looming that has clearly been brought about by capitalism, mm-hmm. you know, and rampant greed, rampant capital, greed yeah. and uh, lack of foresight and um, greed, you know, yeah. greed. Yeah. So, like, um, yeah, sorry, bring me back to what the uh, initial question was about those things. Like, you're saying those things still exist very actively, which they do. Yeah, but but I I see what you're saying. I think that, I think collectively among at least me (laughs) and everybody I know and the and within my let's say bubble of media entertainment whatever consumption my feed as it were within that there's an extremely pervasive feeling of apocalypse Mm -hmm. you know of like discontent discontent of this is the end of the thing that we know this is the end of the thing that we grew up with and now we're entering um a real different phase and of course there are like very valid and real arguments to be made yes that is it's always been like this shit's always been fucked up 
Um, does every generation think that does every generation think that this is the end right and that that could well be the case that could well be the case although i would say that like the uh uh catastrophic environmental uh destruction is that's new new yeah um and uh so that kind of puts a little bit more of an exclamation point on it and i mean honestly like you know, the the era of Trump is so um, grotesque, you know, that even though it's um, that maybe like the George W. Bush era that we all lived through was probably more horrible in terms of numbers of human death count. It definitely was so far, you know. Yeah, just because there were more wars, but like, yeah, this is gonna have a ramification over time. Well, Trump that had it. I mean, that, I mean, that did too. Yeah, I mean, the Iraq War had enormous ramifications. Yeah. All that shit had enormous ramifications, you know. But like, this feels because of its grotesque nature. It feels like. Something's got to give. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's just, the, just it. The, feels a little more like something's got to give. All the negative shit, the racism, the xenophobia, just all that stuff. Just the, the psychological brutality yeah. of the Trump era, where every day you wake up and you cannot believe that it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As miserable and fucking god awful as George W. Bush was, and like I say, full respect to the fact that he has a much higher body count. It this feels psychologically brutal, I think, in a different and maybe more um, confusing way, you know, where you just... It's, it's, it's because... It's, it's inconceivable. It's you overt, know? that's why, because it's so overt. Like, even with... I feel like even with GW, like, it was kind of sort of business as usual for, for the Republican style, or I don't want to say that, the, the whatever, the warmongering... Uh, people at the top, the war you know, machine, the war machine, mm-hmm. right? There was, there was like, there was a bit uh, of a covertness to it, you know, and that we all heard about like, oh, Dick Cheney's in charge. He's the one doing all the pulling the strings and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But there was like a secretiveness, you know, we like, well, they knew how to put the mask on. It. Exactly. Yeah. We all heard that like, okay, well, maybe it's Halliburton that's actually wanting to get in these wars and blah, blah you know, right. but like, it wasn't out there. Like right. Trump is just overtly like, I don't like Mexicans. Like, that's, like, basically what he said. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like Mexicans. I don't like Muslims. I don't like black people. Right. He might as well say that outright. Yeah. Um, and then and then the hordes of people that follow him because of that, that's what's so disconcerting to me, is, like, it brought out, this era brought out this whole segment of the population that has always been uh, just racist and just problematic. You right. know and I mean? now they're empowered and now the mask is ripped off. And, yeah. and so when the mask is ripped off, it's like, again, you can, you can be, you're horrified by it because you really see like what's been lurking this entire time that maybe has been somehow, you know, sort of politely put in a corner. It's like when, but it's, when, but it, it, but it's there. when Darth Vader pulls off the fucking mask. Darth Vader pulls off the mask. Grotesque. It's very grotesque, deeply grotesque and nasty. But you can also see it as like, well, okay, here we, you know, we ripped off the scab and here's what we're dealing with. And so now 
now what? You know, like, where do we go from here? So, um... Sweep them all into the fucking basket of deplorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways... Um, we're fucked. No, I'm just kidding. Well, right. I mean, I think a lot of people... I, I think it's really important to say, and what this series really truly is for me is about, is like being okay to say out loud, I am scared that we're fucked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that that's like very crucial right now that, you know, it, it can feel, um, it can feel intimidating and or maybe even a little embarrassing to feel like, to, to, to express this like deep, anxiety and fear about the future Mm -hmm. you know that can seem kooky you can seem like a tinfoil hat person you know like classic trope of like the end of the world is coming you know like lunatic out there holding the sign by themselves or whatever you know we have all these like cultural tropes about the end of the world and the end is near and uh apocalyptic shit or even just stuff in movies that seems fanciful whether it be mad max or the walking dead zombie shit that people are infatuated with or like all the very like disgusting violent and outlandish visions of like dystopian future that are like i hate that shit i've always hated that shit mm-hmm. i hate apocalyptic movies i hate that they make me anxious I don't and, like I, it and i've always hated them and i never really fully understood why and now i feel like i do understand why because it's like i'm frightened of that i'm frightened of the end i'm frightened of the end of the order that i grew up with which also then though speaks to my upbringing as a person and i grew up in an extremely privileged position of like a white middle class suburban kid in st louis park minnesota which is like an uh, affluent suburb with a wonderful public education system and smart um, civic minded people and nice houses and stuff. And that's where I grew up, you know? And like, of course I had it implanted in my mind that the world had order to it. And that now that that order is like coming apart at the seams, it's fucking terrifying where somebody who didn't grow up in the same way that I did, of like, course. Like, of course there's no order. It's chaos. Yeah, every, yeah. you know, they're going to be like, yeah, dipshit, you know, yeah. like, this, <laughs> what'd you think, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. And so part of this series is questioning myself as well and pulling apart those feelings of, like, well, is it is it the end of the world or are you just actually just now for the first time, you and every other fucking 40-year-old, you know, who had it pretty good up until right now are finally realizing like no actually hey this the world is deeply fucked up and has been for a very long time for a great many most people you know right in it so there's a lot of like self-examination in there too where it's like the end of the world can be on this personal level it can be on a, a professional level on a environmental level it can have all these levels to it but at the end of the day it sort of all adds up to that same feeling which is uncertainty you You feel like you were you know growing up the way you did you were just sheltered from some of the hardships that other people have to go through and didn't necessarily consider um the privilege that you had is that what you're saying sure i mean yeah yeah, definitely certain hardships you know i wasn't sheltered from 
pain, you know, my family, there's a lot of pain in my childhood, a lot, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like financial pain or stress or anguish, certainly. And it wasn't like, um, educational, you know, lack of an educational opportunity. It wasn't like, wasn't like the systematic, my water, I, you know, the, my tap water was drinkable. You know what I mean? Like there's just certain things like, um, you know, I can just walk down the street and be invisible. All these things, all these, you know, when we throw this word privilege around a lot now, you know, where, uh, someone who grew up like I did was told, um, repeatedly and often that I could be anything I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And no matter how many times I shot myself in the foot and sort of squandered that opportunity, it was sort of still ultimately true mm-hmm. that I could be anything I wanted to be because I grew up where I grew up and I am who I am, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So those things also, besides the mask of just shitty, grotesque, brutal, racist ignorance being ripped off in this time, we're also just seeing the mask of, like, privilege being ripped off and the mask of, like, experience, even just the experience of growing up in, say, the 80s and the 90s, you know, which were economically robust times. They were fucking tight, dude. And, uh, you know, free, generally free of the kind of wars that at least... Um, we saw, you know, or whatever. But of course, in the 80s and 90s, there were plenty of people that, you know, had it rough. On the, on, right, absolutely. So, yeah, you, absolutely. But, you know, so, right. So everything is this matter of perspective and like, but, um, right. And so it's like now someone like me is like, uh, has has the has the information being presented to them to be able to kick their own ass about the fact that they were very privileged, mm-hmm. you know, in certain ways. So what's to be and, done? Yeah. That's that's the question. Right. What do you do? And I like what you're doing. You're, I mean, you know, it's not, you're not going to single-handedly save the world by having a series like this, but you're getting dialogue going. Yes. You're, 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 you're putting, yeah, well, you are, you know, you hopefully. are, I mean, you, you have these speakers coming, you're talking, you know, there's people coming, watching that and being, you know, yeah. I think that's something, and even just even just the promotion behind the thing, you know, even if people just go to the shows and it's just music business yeah. as usual, music wise, like j- just the idea of what it is and the fact that you're you're giving all the proceeds to different charities, yeah, uh, who are sort of aiming at you know aiming their their barrels at these different uh, horsemen mm-hmm. that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, you're doing, no, it's you're a doing good something it, about it. It's a super positive thing. It's, uh, it feels empowering. It feels good. It feels like it's bringing um, our you know music community here together. You know, I mean, you know, music community here is pretty together, more more than other cities and yeah. places uh, in, in a general sense. But it's, you know, it's it's the winter time. It's cold. It's nice to have these shows that have a regularity to them that have like every week that you come and it's, um, it's, it feels a little like, it just feels like a family, you know, in a way. Right. And like, that feels good. Like that's comforting. They feel comforting. Uh, hopefully they're also just fun and exciting and, you know, musically exciting and musically interesting and not boring. And that's, you know, like what would keep people coming back too. But like, 
they're, um, yeah, it just feels like, you know, what it really comes down to is with all these feelings of anxiousness, you have to just ask yourself, what am I, what am I capable of? How can I step outside of myself even just a little bit? and do more than I otherwise thought I would have been able to do. And what are my skills, you know? And so my skill or my asset or whatever is that like, I have a lot of goodwill from music people here in town, you know, and out of town, you know, it's like, whatever. I know a lot of people yeah. in music yeah. and I can do that. And I can ask them to play a show, you know, f for a benefit show. And chances are they'll say yes. And mm -hmm. it's like, that is an asset and that's something that I feel good about sort of like um, cashing in whatever karma I've built up by hopefully trying to be like a decent person and corralling, you know, really talented people to put their time and energy towards these events and kind of just draw everybody together and just feel, feel, feel better and, um, feel like empowered, you know, two questions. It, one is, is it kind of the same people that go every week? A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's definitely repeaters for sure. And then yeah. two, are there, is there anyone that comes, comes that has like dissenting opinions? Do you, you know, do you get any like, uh, no. right, right wingers or whatever no. coming and being like, no, 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 patriarchy's done. No, 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 no. No, with so far we've uh, been incident free. We've had no trolls uh, show up at any of the shows. Too. How do you feel about that? I mean, it, because I almost feel like you should want to have some some no no not trolls, but just people that sort of you know. I don't know, to have start that dialogue, because otherwise... Well, but, I mean, we're not coming at it from, like, we're Democrats, you know? Like, course, it's not like a, It's not like a political rally. No, I but, mean, but, but these are issues that we all deal with uh, in this time, and, and d you know, different people see them differently. Yeah. Is all. And, and I, I think... Yeah, but I don't think... I mean, at this point, I don't really think there's anything to be gained by listening to somebody who doesn't think climate change exists. I'm talking about them listening to you. Right. Well, I don't know how I would attract someone yeah. like that to the show. I don't know. No, I mean, door. I feel like... Door. Uh, yeah, I feel like... I feel like uh, the energy and time would be better spent trying to galvanize action yeah. from people who are of like mind mm -hmm. rather than I think it's a waste of energy to try to change the mind of uh, someone who Go proselytize. Yeah. I, you yeah, know what I, I mean? Do. Like yeah. it's at, at the end of the day, these things are somewhat of a numbers game and it's like you either try to like build up your numbers for the things that you believe in. Cause if you spend all your time trying to like fight and fight and fight tooth and nail to change the mind of someone who's like completely dug into like some yeah. shit that you think is just not living in reality. Like you're just expending all your energy doing that and not going to get very far. So I what's the think, answer? You know? Because you're right. You're right. And these people, people that are dug in, you know, whether they're on, whichever side, the side of truth, us, or the side of, of you know, this is me talking <laughs> because I believe the way I believe, or, or the side of, uh, you know, misinformation, uh, what's to be done? Because 
it seems like almost half the population is of that, like, what I would consider just totally off-base mind state or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. We can only do stuff in our personal lives, I suppose. Yeah, you can only do what's in your scope. I mean, like... If... If you fervently believe that the that your ideas are the ones that should be carried forward in order to make the world a better place, all you can really do is fight very hard for your ideas. And if you believe that the the uh, oppositional ideas ought to be sort of like ultimately disregarded and left on the scrap heap of irrelevant ideas you, you know you you just have to uh out outwork those irrelevant ideas you know what i mean and and um i don't know i i have no idea i'm not like i i'm not really coming at this from a position of like um trying to win people over necessarily sure. It really just all started because I got asked to do a weekly residency in the middle of winter and I wasn't that excited about it and didn't really want to do it. But it was right after Trump got elected when they asked me and I was like, well, maybe if we do these as benefit shows, then then I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it started. Cool. Yeah, you know, because yeah, I was yeah. just like depressed and I was yeah. just like, well, you know, let's try it. Let's just try doing... Let's do benefit shows. We'll give the money to a different thing every week, yeah. and we can have the somebody from one of the places come up and talk a little bit every week, and we'll have some brochures, and you know, I can I can pull together four cool bills or whatever. Yeah, you're and not I'll overthinking it. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to analyze it too much. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, but this is the third year I've been doing it, and with each year I've gotten, I've worked harder and harder and harder at it, until where this third year, you know, we've kind of pulled some shit off. I mean, like we we went and. Me and my partner Steve like went and interviewed uh, all these homeless people uh, living at the uh, 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 they call it the Wall of uh, Forgotten Natives, you know, on Franklin and Hiawatha in South Minneapolis. This like sprawling tent city of like hundreds and hundreds of people that all collected themselves along this stretch of mostly the, native the highway, people, mostly yeah. native, and and um, and we went and conducted a series of interviews with them, and then we played the audio of those interviews for, you know, sold out crowd at the first week of the show, you know, with like uh, Big Red Machine playing, who are like a big name, and they sold out the show in an hour, and we raised a, a bunch of money and gave it to the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center, which helps that neighborhood and that community, like with educational development programs and after school programs, and you know, like... It's local... And it's yeah, and it's in everybody's face. Yeah, and and, and, it, and it's, it's it's tangible. Tangible. That's mm-hmm. the word I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. You know, that was like a real thing that we did, and we worked hard at it. And like, you know, I took days off of work to like go interview homeless people, and like t- took the time off to like transcribe those interviews and edit them down, and you know, make it into you know whatever. It's like it's that's not like a Herculean effort, but it's more than I would have done five years ago. Yeah, you know, it's more than I would have done in any other point in my life. And you know, like just kind of going back to the like, well, what can I do? I drive by this tent city every fucking day. You know, it's it's ten minutes from my house. I drive by this place every day, 
And at a certain point, I'm just like, we got to focus a week of the series on this. And so what was the best way to do that? We decided we needed to go talk to people that lived there, you know? And it was like, it's brutal, you know? And like, very like, um, but like, uh, can I ask you something about that yeah. situation, about that experience? Yeah. Like, were, were the people that lived there, were they welcoming for you to very welcome come in? Yes. And, and did, did they know? We only got yelled at like a couple times, but like by and large, we would just approach people and say, hey, we're, um, we're making a little magazine for this series of concerts. You know, we just want to talk to people and tell your story and get your story out there. You know, that was our thing was just, we just wanted to tell their stories because there had been of a lot individuals. of individuals. Yeah. Because there had been a lot of news coverage already about the tent city and, you know, they'd talk to people that lived there, but they would also talk to aid workers and they would talk to uh, police and then talk to the city officials and shit. And, you know, we just wanted to hear directly from the people that live there about like what their day is like, what their sleep was like, what they dream about at night. Can they, are they able to dream like those kind of things? And it turns out most of them are not able to, you know, which was uh, sort of eye opening for us, you know, to get into that and um why why they can't dream because they're not sleeping well enough you mean yeah they're not sleeping well enough for one thing i don't dream either well, <laughs> yeah I smoke too much weed probably yeah well i mean uh you know it's rampant drug use there of course but like um, oh there at the yeah, yeah, the yeah. different too, different yeah. set of circumstances though but yes um you know, but no, people there don't have the ability to dream because they don't sleep well because it's they're, you know, in a crowded, loud, um, sketchy yeah. situation and they have incredible anxiety and incredible trauma that they're dealing with all the time and fucked up shit goes down there. And, um, but also it kind of like brought to light this, you know, Again, going back to like the privilege thing, like the privilege of dreaming. You know what I mean? That's a that's real. That's very real. That's like shit. people in those situations, like they're like, no, I don't, I don't really. That drink, affects your you whole know? life. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they don't have they don't have an opportunity or a chance in their life to even have an imagination. You know what I mean? Like they they don't let their there's no room there to allow their mind to wander to those places because their needs are so immediate, their surroundings are so harsh, and they're just in survival mode all the time. There's never a time when they're not in survival mode. That's know? what I was trying to say in the car, is like, I didn't grow up with a lot of money, mm -hmm. but I grew up being encouraged to have imagination. Yeah. And given the space to have imagination. Exactly, and me all too. That. Yep, So me that's too. a right. huge thing. Right, and told that you could use that imagination to better your life to better yourself to do whatever to go wherever you know that your imagination was this jewel you know that you possess and it belongs only to you and you can do whatever you want with it mm -hmm. you know like and that's a testament to your parents you know yeah. and not every parent is like that right but like um but if you have some semblance of comfort physical uh, economic structural comfort in your life there's room for that mm -hmm. and if you don't have those things there's not even room for that yeah you know or the people that sort of quote unquote make it out of those situations are so unbelievably exceptional yeah you know what I mean yeah because most n normal people and most people are normal people did 
in those circumstances you just remain would, steeped in trauma would remain steeped life. in trauma that's how anybody would yeah. react you know yeah so anyway so doing the doing those interviews was just like deeply humbling and of course and like very instructive and i'm really like proud that we did that and really glad that i did it and it like opened me up i learned a lot about like generational homelessness and the native community and you know which is like again it's like it's it's all very close you know how 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 sad did it make you i mean did you cry at all just listen to this stuff Yeah. Just listening back or at the place? Liz, both. Yeah. You know, both. I mean, you know... You teared up in front of the people? Mm, no, but after. Yeah. After, I'd go yeah. home and just be like, you know, it's just absolutely... But, you know, it made me appreciate my fucking house and yeah. being warm and having food and, you know, having my family and... You, you know, you, you can know. fit 20 to 25 people in that <laughs> house. I'm just saying, you can do more, yeah. Schindler. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, it, no it, did, it did hit me super hard in those moments, though, like coming home after and just yeah. being like uh, a wreck, you know. Yeah. But but a thankful wreck and, yeah. you know, realizing that it's good for me to be a wreck right then and there. That's important. I'm glad I was a wreck because mm-hmm. I should be, you know. Yeah, like, if you're hard and jaded against that kind of fucking dark shit. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So it opens you up. But, uh, you know, also, it also humanized it more. You know, I think a lot of our interactions with people who are homeless a lot of times um are so either like fast or fleeting or we ignore them or we're just trying to like go about our business and do our thing or you see somebody, you know, with a sign or whatever. And like when you actually get into conversation with people, like they're not all raving lunatics and they're not all like belligerent and they're not all like threatening or, um, you know, they're not, really they're much more relatable than i think they are given credit for being you know and then it kind of gets you to that thought of like how close so many people are to that situation you know which gets you back to economic disparity and um massive amounts of inequality there's like so many fucking people who are just you know like it's the cliche but just you know you're one fucking medical emergency yeah. and or like car accident or whatever from being living in a fucking tent everybody goes through circumstances that are a kick in the ass you know and everybody has um mistakes that they make or unlucky moments or uh convergence of tragic events that set you way back yeah but if you're starting from almost zero already yeah those things are the deal breaker right that's it like you're done you know like your 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 chance at like uh quote-unquote normal happy life is almost nothing you know what i mean right where you can if you if you come from that background of like stability emotional financial cultural whatever you can fuck up a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and you can have bad, terrible, tragic things happen. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that your opportunities have ended or your life has ended. Or, yeah, we have um, some safety nets. You have safety nets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and a safety and that, that can mean money. It doesn't necessarily have to mean money. It can mean 
um, connections, sure, people connections, um, academic connections, job connections, um, or just maybe just even like being a, a, an artist or being really talented, you know, like mm-hmm. artists can maybe have more leeway than other people have to be destructive or... Um, I get free shit all the time. <laughs> yeah, free vans. Shoes, how many hats, fucking what do you how many want? vans do you have? Yeah, exactly. Think about it. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so what's to yeah. be done? Okay, so so I don't know. We have that safety net. Okay, so okay, well let's talk about let's talk about music a bit. Yeah. And the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about tomorrow. Yeah. In that uh, first roundtable discussion, like you know, both of us are you know established artists that have been around for a while and and we are more or less white white guys i don't i don't identify as that i just don't i because i i didn't i didn't grow up feeling like i was one of the other people that i was around but i do understand that for all intents and purposes like i get most of the benefits that a white man gets yeah right we've established that like you know you and I talking that like both of us feel strange about you know about using our voice at this time it's like it feels like the time for other people to 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 be heard right or maybe it's more like it feels like it's the time that we've been heard uh, from enough you know what I mean and like we've both been writing songs and words and trying to convey these just how, ideas. Just how sad I am. <laughs> <laughs> or just our experience, just yes, trying to convey yes. our experience. Yes. For, I've been, you know, we've both been trying in our own ways, uh, together and apart, to convey our experience for, you know, almost 20 years, whatever, give or take. And, um, and the moment feels like that is spent for me, you know, that like, um, and I don't know that it's entirely the, the, the world moment. It might be that it's the world moment colliding with my personal life moment, you know, of being... Uh, I mean, I'm 40 years old and have a five-year-old child and, uh, you know, have worked a job and, you know, uh, done these things that are not related to the lifestyle you expect of an artist or whatever, whatever the fuck that is. And so I think it's that, that regular life stuff combined with the cultural moment adding up for me to feel like, um, not that I have nothing left to say or offer, but that the platform I've had to convey my experience might um, not be useful anymore to me or anyone. <laughs> yeah. I, look, you know I, what I mean? I do know what you mean, man. I do know what you mean, and yeah. I, I totally relate to that. Yeah. So what the fuck do we do, Which is though? a serious reckoning, because... KMS? I don't think we KMS. Um, no, but I, 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 think, I think that you, you 
start by just talking about it, which is uncomfortable and embarrassing. Which is kind of fucked up because it's fucked up that it's like culturally embarrassing for me to be like, I'm 40. You know, like we've set that up for ourselves as a society and a culture to be like, oh, that's 40. Oh, this is 40. You know, like I'm lame now. You know, it's just like, it's like, that's so dumb. That's really dumb and arbitrary to me. Yet, I'm not above feeling it and I'm not above, um, you know, buying into those fucking tropes for myself and feeling like there's this um, expiration date on uh, my creative output or on my sort of like uh, uh, inner fire of expression or whatever, you know, however you want to call that. Like, I'm not done doing that shit, but I feel like a lot of forces around me are telling me you should be, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, that's scary or frustrating both. And you have to like, um, really, I don't know. I don't know how you fight it without turning into like a, a bitter, um, you know, like salty curmudgeon. So you just kind of got to plow ahead and be graceful, I guess. I don't know, know, plow ahead and be graceful, but like, um, what do you do? Like, you know, I am on this track. You, you have this job that you do Mm -hmm. and I mean, you also do tons of, I mean, you're a busy motherfucker from what I can tell. Yeah. You work your ass off. Extremely. And, uh, so what do you do? First of all, like, what do you, do you just stop doing music? No, you're not going to stop doing music. I, no, I have no intention of of not doing music anymore. I do feel as though I feel less of a pull to put myself um, out in the front of whatever I'm doing, you yeah. know, um, yeah. or, or like, um, and, you know, so typically the structure that has existed for people like us is that we write songs and then we sing them and we're at the front, you know, singing our song and maybe we have a band or maybe we have, you know, whatever, we make a record and it's our record and you you control all the aspects of it and stuff. Um, I still really like creating. I like working in the studio. I like producing. I like working with people. I like collaborating. I'm like, with that shit, I'm fucking as solid and good as I've ever been. Like oh, that absolutely. shit is you fucking kill it. And great, and you know and you're doing that. You have tons of people in this Minneapolis yeah. slash Wisconsin whatever yeah. scene yeah. that you do that with. Feeling super healthy yeah. and, and like productive and uh inspired and and um loving of like people that I'm working with and that are around me. It's really gratifying. But there you go. You know you're you're good. I'm good, but at the same time it feels 100% pointless and senseless for me to try to like put out a record of my songs, singing them, and then um, play shows where I'm standing at the front of a stage singing them. That's just how it feels right now. That might change. Let me let me uh, let me break in here and say that I feel the same way. Yeah. And like, I am not. I, I like as much as you have done that of course, in, in your life a lot. Um, you've done a bunch of other shit, too. I have singularly mm-hmm. done that one thing. Write songs, right. make records, right. have a band, go right. tour, sing the songs in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. 
and I also feel that same pull that you are feeling to, to sort of pull back and, you know, let some other people have voices. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not blotting out other people. No, voices, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not negating anyone else by being, uh, yourself in the world no. necessarily, but yeah, right. It, but, I, but I do feel that. I don't know. I, I think like pull back is a good pull back. I feel like it's, it's, it's time, you know, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's time for women in music. Like, I mean, it's been time for that. Uh, and just, other people that aren't that that don't have my upbringing and whatever we've heard a lot of, from people that we've heard a lot from from Jewish men, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in music, a lot, and that's that's fine. And if you got something to say, you got something to say. But I don't know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of young uh, people coming up that uh, you know maybe have something to say that may be more relevant. Than what I have to say right now. Yeah, and that's like, and I think that that's like probably a, a healthy thing to admit to yourself as a human being, as an adult, as an artist, that there are other people making stuff right now that probably is speaking in a more relevant way to the broader, um, yeah, fucking you know, cultural experience of the moment. Now that's it. Yeah. You know, all that aside. Okay, so that's like the. And that's how I feel socially, okay, and in the world, and what I put, want to put out there. But that said, I'm also I'm, I'm I'm my little artist guy, and like you know, I make make my little precious things, you know, and like I don't think that's a bad thing, you no. know. Like I write my little poems and put them in my little songs, no, you, and do my you, precious things. <laughs> you have well, like you said, it's like you still feel as though you have something to say. I mean, as yeah. A creative, not, as a creative person. As a creative you know? person. Yeah. I don't know that I have something to add necessarily to the conversation at large that I, I don't, I, I think almost in that regard, I would rather let someone else say it. And Yeah, but I mean, I, um, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of a dicey proposition in terms of the quote unquote uh, conversation at large. There's a million conversation oh, at large is okay. going on yeah. at any okay. given moment. And I think that your work can definitely still and clearly does, you know, speak to people and means a lot to them. You know, you have an audience that you've cultivated over over a while that like you know, get your lyrics tattooed on their bodies. I mean, that's, you know, that's something that's not nothing. And like, um, so whether or not you're feeling like your shit speaks to the relevant, um, like political zeitgeist is a valid thing to question and a valid thing to ask yourself. But I don't think that it makes sense for you to like invalidate your body of work or to feel like um, you'll have nothing left in the tank going forward just because you're maybe having this sort of light bulb go off like, hey, wait a minute, I'm um, feeling not um, quite aligned with the current moment or something, you know, like there's a way to be, you know, and there's a way to be a confident loving and open person uh or a provocative artist or whatever within that um you just have to like 
not be afraid to challenge yourself, I guess. And mm-hmm. that's what you're ultimately doing is you are, you're currently wrestling with yourself. You're challenging yes. yourself and you're saying like, you know, it's okay to ask yourself if what you've been doing as sort of your routine for a while here is, um, has become, uh, stale, you know, or, or, um, like, uh, it's not even that like, okay, that's a separate issue. mm. I mean, like you said, you know, for you, maybe different things are converging. You know, there's, there's the, the greater social conversation in regards to, uh, whatever race and gender um but then there's your personal stuff and you feeling like you're 40 and you're blah, blah, you know um i do have you know of course at times i feel like what i'm doing gets stale you know and those are the times that i can't get work done and i feel whatever yeah but then there are the times where i have my magic moments of of you know right aha, whatever, I got it, I figured it out. Right. Um, my, my trepidation or whatever about being like the, the, the front person, uh, you know, in front of the world, you know, really, uh, let, you know, sending it all out there is that's, that is the part that is more in question for me mm-hmm. is like, you know, you know, should I, step aside and, and, and actually take the role as a helper because like you and I both have, um, you know, acquired a great deal of, uh, skills and taste and all that shit over the years of doing what we do. And, you know, we, we, I think we can be of use, you know, we're not, we're not dogs to be put down, we're dogs <laughs> to be put to work, maybe, but, you know, strap us into the, uh, the, the, the Adirondack, the, uh, what is it called? The horse, the dog sleds and shit. Um, yeah, Adirondack. Something no, like that's that. That's not it. That's, but, not, yeah, uh, that's a mountain or something. Yeah. But, it's a, but it's yeah. A, it's a chair. You know what I'm talking about. Sure. Anyway. I, no, I do. Um, yeah, I, I feel like. You know, and help, help, help put someone, help get someone's vision together that don't, they don't necessarily have the full uh, skills yet, but they have, they really yeah. have vision and they have a thing to say. Yeah. But the natural process to, and which you and I both went through as younger people, which is essentially that we had no one to do that for us. No. And we just stumbled through and found our own weird little thing. Yeah. And probably anyone who's going to stumble through and find their own weird little They'll thing. They'll probably want to do that themselves. Yeah. They're yeah. mostly like, I don't know that there are people who are necessarily looking for like help in yeah. that way but there are definitely like musical partnerships to be formed yeah. and there is a way to there is a way to take everything that you've learned and um all your great musical qualities and ideas and sort of transfer them to um a different plane and a different way forward that isn't about Showcasing you. myself. Yeah, yeah, it's not about I you. I like the way you put that better than the way I put it. Yeah. Yes. And that's that, yeah, I like that. You know, I mean, like, you're a musician. Yeah. You know, you're a musician and a writer and a producer. All, none of those things have to be about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and same for me. You know what I mean? Like, none of those things have to be about my story. Mm-hmm. None of those things have to be about my uh, anguish. Mm-hmm. 
I can still be a musician and a writer and a producer. There's all different kinds of ways to do all those things. Um, and some of those can be my projects or some of those could be your projects, but they still don't have to come down to your persona. And this, you know, and that, that, that's something that you've had to deal with and think about a lot more than I have, you know, um, uh, in terms of like your persona and your story is very much at the heart of, you know, your art and your work and your songs and your albums and your band and your, yeah. you know, it's, 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 it's you, man, you know it's what I mean? Man. It's that. Yeah. And like, and my stuff was always a little more um, ambiguous in those ways, you know, or it, I didn't have quite as much of like, details of my identity wrapped up in it, you know? Yeah. And so I think it was maybe easier for me to free myself of those things at a certain point and just, um, and be able, be able to go here, there and everywhere, you know, with what I do where, you know, you've, you've had more success, you know what I mean? Well, just and, different and, and kind built of success. A well, but more, you know, yeah, like, sure. In the traditional sense though, you yeah. know, you've, you've caught, you've built an audience and, and like, uh, made it your living and made it your, uh, uh, role and job, you know, to create this body of work that is like, you know, almost wholly built around you, you know and I mean? And like, uh, and created a, a, a micro industry surrounding that and like the whole deal, you know, and that's a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure and a lot of like, um, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time spent thinking about yourself. And so I understand why it feels like taking a step back would seem very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not quitting anything. No, I know. We're not talking about fucking ret anything. retirement mode right now, no, but, it, but, it, but like I say, it's like, it's nice to, it's, it's, uh, um, it, it does feel good to say these things out loud. It's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. has to not be scary to say these things out loud because you, once you start saying them out loud, then you, then you can, you know, then if it makes you uncomfortable, then you can be like, what, what am I doing? What the fuck? No, 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 I don't want to quit. You know, and then and then you're like, okay, no, I don't want to quit. But what do I really want to do? You yeah. know, it kind of, it's the, 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 the dramatic question asking of it, like, leads you to the actual reality, which is probably somewhere in the middle where, of course, you don't want to quit doing music because mm -hmm. you love it and you're good at it. Um, and it's been largely good to you. But you know, a certain moment has maybe arrived where a new pathway needs to open up and it's hard to see that pathway right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. This is, yeah. I mean, it's, this is sort of therapeutic for me to, to be talking to you about this stuff. It, yeah. it is. Uh, yeah. I, yes. I, 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 yeah, I guess what eats at me and, and you're right. I, I, it is, I have built this fucking like thing around my own personal life and whatever and like uh that can be tough and especially with it's one thing to make records because for me that's a very personal process and it's a very like i don't know there's there's sort of privacy in it and i like reviewing this private nature of of the thing mm -hmm. 
after it's finished. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like the concerts are like kind of kill me. Like mm. to just to tour and just always be singing those songs about myself and about my, you know. Yeah. It's weird. It's a strange ritual for sure. It's weird. Man. It's a strange repetition. Yeah. I you know I don't know how I don't know how like going like going into the future I don't know I I see um, I see bands I mean you know you do see acts that just played so many fucking shows that blows my mind when i see people touring and it's like i look at how many shows and it's like 60 70 shows like it's just like it's wild how it's many sort of one of those acts you are i guess you are man and, and not like maybe to not the full you know i'm not maybe the most but i also see people that are being a little more pinpointed and strategic about it which yeah. you know which unfortunately for places like here in the midwest and where you live too you know like oftentimes it means that bands play only the east coast yeah. and then only the west coast and that's it and they sure. don't fuck with playing like bloomington indiana and fucking des moines and you know these places that are um maybe harder to get kids to come out to but um yeah, that's a real grind, and I I kind of s- stepped pretty far away from that grind, you know. And I like performing, and I like playing, but touring the the act of touring always felt strange to me, and I think yeah. it does to you too. Oh, and yeah. it, it makes always you, has feels like always has non reality to me. Um, it feels like. Um, I, I, mean, I, I, I hate feeling as needy as one does on tour. I don't like that feeling. I don't like mm-hmm. feeling like I'm just walking around needing things all yeah. the time. And like, that doesn't feel great to me. Um, yeah, but I, anyway, I, yeah. I, I, uh, but is it for you is it's the repetition of playing the same songs night so, in, night so, out to where the songs lose the, the, lose the meaning. The meaning. You're just sort of like. You're selling yourself. I mean, it's a job. So, like, in that regard, you know, and I've talked about this on, on maybe last couple podcasts with other people, but, like, it's a job, and it's a pretty good job. Like, that's what I do. You mm-hmm. you paint houses, mm-hmm. do that shit. Mm-hmm. I travel around right. and sing these songs. Right. You know, one has... Both have their shortcomings and their positives. Yes. Like, you know, there's, you know, you you can probably get into a meditative state and and paint the paint the house, and you know, but then you know the negative is that it's backbreaking or that yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. For me, it's like, you know, I can I obviously the travel wears on me some, but but I can hang in there and 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 do the thing and get through it but it's psychologically really really trying i don't know let's close this thing up well you know the 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 bottom line is we carry on right you you go you go to your extreme thoughts and the extreme thoughts scare the shit out of you and that's why it's okay to talk about the end of the world and that's why it's okay to talk apocalyptically and acknowledge your worst, deepest fears as, uh, you know, as, a, 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 as an adult, as an artist, as a, a creative person with, who's been allowed to have an imagination in this life, you know, and, um, and acknowledge your, uh, your, your privilege and acknowledge the things that you've been fortunate enough to have and to own and to experience and to say, like, 
you know, uh, I've got to shift gears here, you know? And I think that everybody, at least everybody I know, feels like it's a moment of gear shifting. And that can be scary. It can also be exhilarating. It can also be beautiful. It can be fun. It can be terrifying. It could mean we're all going to die. Nobody really knows. You know what I mean? It's it's all kind of up for grabs. It's all really feeling very up for grabs. And so you have to just um, get your gut um, feeling uh, steely, you know, and prepared for uh anything to happen to come yeah Yeah, whatever's to come you know and just like get okay with unpredictability and instability and realize that the rest of your life is probably going to feel unstable to some you know i mean it has thus far has thus far right and it already probably has more than you think you know and in hindsight things always look when you look back things feel um easier to comprehend in the past than they do in the future. And that, and that goes for everybody, and that's been the truth for all human beings throughout the entire history of time. So it could be that we're, we're, we're fine. Andrew, you're a genius <laughs> at, at summation and bringing us full, full circle. Thank you. Because we started talking about your residency, Hell yeah. and you, you sort of ended full circle there. Andrew, I, I, I love you, and I, I thank you greatly for having me up here uh, to to be a part of this thing. Yeah, man. I love, yeah, I love you too, and I appreciate you doing it. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we didn't have to like take too much money away from the charity to pay you, but I mean, I, I mean, the, those kids will be they'll be fine. <laughs> those kids will be fine. I mean, dude. they got a lot of other people you doing know? charity work. You know, it's not we're not the only people giving them money. So you know, yes, they'll be okay. Exactly. Yeah. We're joking. Yeah. I'm not taking money. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Andrew. Thanks for being on the podcast. And uh, say bye to the people out there. Goodbye, people out there. Yes, good talk. Uh, For those of you who want more Andrew Broder talk, you can go back and we do sort of go through his story in, I don't know, episode three or four. He was one of my first episodes uh, that I recorded with either my brother's Zoom or on my phone. Um, This was the early days of The Wandering Wolf, so go way, way back, and I apologize for any sound quality issues or lack of experience on my part in interviewing, but go check that out. And now, for the unveiling of the Patreon executive producers, those people that went to patreon.com slash the wandering wolf and decided to give five dollars or more a month ladies and gentlemen my patreon executive producers adam chase alexis johnson anthony duenas caitlin augustine cemetery chips dylan rowe emma ridgeway jake huntley jim laskowski kenneth leanne matt hill merrick jarmulowitz michael payne Paul Solorzano, Robert Hess, Simon Bird, Tim Vecchio, Anna Stevenson, Evan Gordon, Michael Miller, Yeshua Miles Arista, Ian Tankersley, Joseph Kennedy, Jesse Gillenwalters, Zach Gonzalez, The Ark of E Network, Jesse Squires, and Drew Nocton. Thank you guys so, 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 so much from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. And those of you also who decided 
to give anonymously and those of you who gave any sum over at patreon.com slash thewanderingwolf. You guys, I do have two more episodes in the tank, and I I will be coming out with those as soon as I can, but I I do have a lot going on right now, uh, which you will be privy to soon enough, and I hope you guys like what I'm working on. All of the music in the background on today's episode is Fog. Andrew also has done, I don't know, work with a ton of different groups over the years and has an album with me from back in the day called Jaime's Basement. Check that out if you haven't. That's from like 2002 or so. All right, y'all. Let's ease ourselves out of the podcast and back into the day with a fog tune off of For Good. This is Kid Kuma. Keep wandering. Caught staring at the millionaire By the manager of its disgusting firm I presented a gift A hand-carved Tibetan beggar's bowl To house all its little bugs and little birds Sucker punched by a meth head I always knew I would have to leave this town I knew I had to go scatter little shrapnel of myself all around Had to cover a lot of ground
outro. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that. In the time of your life. 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 In the time of your life.